Welcome to the Weekend Must Watch on Intercut, the weekly show going to the movies, TV, and entertainment that people just can't cut away from. Michael B. directed as we get the third round of Creed with a knockout performance from Majors. You, you put the gloves on my hands. Also in movies was the real best performance by Rizaburo, the rockiest comedy stream over on Netflix, and the cringiest award show yet. Let's get some YouTube views. As always, I'm your co-host Arturo Zurita, and joining me, he ain't got work, but he definitely has plans, it's Zachary Shevich. How you doing, Zach? Not too much. I'm doing all right. How you doing? Uh, fresh out the movie theater from another week of big, glorious blockbuster cinema. The the big movies are back. I mean, they were back last year, but they're back again in 2023. We've got satisfying blockbusters to share and 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 enjoy in the company of lots of people. And then uh, we got a bunch of indie movies coming up as well soon because we are days away from our trip to South by Southwest. Yeah, uh, we're going to test the audio out right here. Uh, if any of us are coming in a little too low, or a little too high, let us know as we talk about the newest movies of the week. It's not a big week, but we have our South by preview that we just did last week, which we talked about having a slew of movies uh, that are in the horizon. We've been really lucky to get a bunch of screeners, so we have a bunch of coverage that's going to be over on the A to Z site. But nonetheless... We have probably the knockout movie of the of the week. We have an upcoming anticipated movies, and I don't need to anticipate this one any longer because I'm going to just jump right into it. We have Creed 3, the match I've been waiting for for probably the longest time because of who the opponent is. It has been a while since I've walked into a Rocky boxing movie where who I'm rooting for is the other guy who's not in the title card. Uh, I have been a big fan of Jonathan Majors for a minute, and going into this has been really interesting because we came out of South by watching one of his movies uh, that was in the one, of the... one of the big competitive movies in... Why am I blanking on it? Magazine Dreams. People didn't yeah. even know who this guy was. They're like, yo, that guy, that guy's crazy. He's, he's going to be in a lot of stuff. Now he's come out fighting Avengers. Now he's come out fighting Creed. He is a household name, and I don't know if you've received this on your end. I have been getting nothing but people going, who the hell is this man? Where did he come from? (laughs) And the thing is that here on Intercut, he's been a staple. So now that he's in these big movies, it's it's obvious for us that people are going into this must be a plant. This, if you water a plant enough <laughs> and you take take care of it and you 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 nurture it, yes, you are going to see it sprout later, and it, it is flourishing at this point in time. Um, I was so excited to see Creed three, and while it doesn't deliver on being as great as Creed one was, that's a crazy feat to go up against. But the fact yeah. that Michael B. Jordan directed this, and he's slated for four. I thought he delivered to the point that I would highly recommend this being one for you to leave the house for. Full IMAX. I haven't even seen it in IMAX yet. I'm waiting to see that in Austin in that really primo theater. But this was the first one to be shot completely for IMAX, or as much as it could be. Uh, It topped the 100 mil, and this is one you need to see with an audience. So I'm giving it the full 100% combo price for me on Creed 3. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned Michael B. Jordan, and I think there's sometimes a hesitation with these actors turned directors. Like, what are they going to bring? Is it just sort of like a, a way to get a little bit more control over your, your product, or, or do you have a vision as well? And the thing that I was really most taken by from Creed Three is the vision he brings to it, the, the really, like, amazing visuals and, and dyn- dynamic fight scenes that are that much more dynamic on the big screen. So it's absolutely something that I think is worth leaving the house for. You know, it's it's about two hours long, but I feel like yeah. it's one of the quickest two-hour movies I've seen in quite some time because it, it really moved for me. I was just, like, sitting there waiting for the next cli- climax. I, it's, a, it's a really satisfying blockbuster. I'd argue it's too fast. There were rounds that went yeah. way too fast. They were saying they were going 12. It felt like three... There were moments where yeah, you like, noticed in the trailer. It felt like it could have been another half an hour. And this is the shortest of the Creed movies, which makes me think there is a version out there where it is going to mm. be uh, the exact amount of time that the other ones were. Just a little bit over two hours. You can add a lot in 15 minutes. And I think there is a great movie within Creed 3. It is, for whatever reason, under two hours. And you feel it a little bit too much that it doesn't uh, it doesn't allow itself to like simmer a bit. There are moments between these two gentlemen that I think could be even more profound that I was actually really impressed that I wanted more out of the movie. And uh, again, I think it's really good. There is a version of this movie if they put in all of those little moments where it could be a great movie. We are going to be talking spoilers for this because this goes a couple rounds. We don't want to get into the spoilers of what happened there. We love the performances. I don't know if you have a, a, a favorite out of the movie. Uh, I mean, I think it's hard to walk away from that movie and not just be in awe of Jonathan Majors. And we'll talk more specifically about it when we get into our after credits. But he he's so dynamic and makes the most out of every every single time he's on screen. He's, he's not mm-hmm. just in a scene. He is dominating a scene. So, uh, yeah, it, it, Jonathan Majors totally won the movie for me. Easily. Uh, it's also a movie that's got a really great cast all around, some really good cameos. So if you're interested in catching this, I it, again, it's worth leaving the house for. Uh, I'm not even the biggest fan of the second one, but I think that this one, for me, mm-hmm. the ratings would go uh, Creed 2, Creed 3, and then it, Creed 1 still staying at the top for me. It's, it's not even close. Yeah, I've got the exact you? same rankings for the Creed movies as you. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, Creed 3, one of the best ones. Uh, that's out there. If you have the chance to catch it in IMAX, all of the boxing scenes are supposed to be done that way. I think it's the best way to uh, catch it. We caught it in Dolby, and the Dolby, mm. <laughs> you can feel the punches a little bit, which is why I think it's worth it. Uh, but the Do- uh, there's also a 40X version of it. That is the only one that I'd say, do not go see that. There is no reason with the amount of punches that Jonathan lands in this movie for you to be receiving them on your end as well. You're there to spect it. So <laughs> Creed 3, out in theaters. Uh, very surprising outing from Michael B. Jordan. I'm looking forward to see what he has up next. But moving Absolutely. on to another rocking and bopping that happened over on Netflix. <laughs> it was the premiere of the first time that uh, Netflix has done a live showing, meaning that they live streamed yeah. this uh, Chris Rock special to I don't know how many people. That was one of the jokes that they had in the pre-show and the post-show. We'll never know how much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie Chang was making fun of the fact that they're so inventive, they came up with Saturday Night Live <laughs> streaming. Uh, I'm curious to see where they're going to take this technology, right? Because there's two things to discuss right. here. The new tech that they're pushing, which is 
TV broadcasting. Uh, and then the other one, which is the stand-up special and, and how it lived up to, to itself. The tech Were you sucked, able to... No, yeah, it, I was going to ask, terrible. did you catch this one live? I, I had to catch it after the fact, but I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter, oh. not only that it wasn't working that well, but that watching anything else on Netflix at that time was nearly impossible. You had said this. You had no faith that Netflix was going to pull up with the, uh, what's it called, that they needed to be able to stream it perfectly. They were going to pull <laughs> the showtime, whatever, go cheap yeah. with the servers. Oh, my goodness. Not not only that, they had Dion Cold DJ. Did you see what he did? He played a song and Ronnie was like, I don't think you cleared that, bro. So there was a lot of issues because once the stream was done, they had this like three and a half hour live stream, but then they have to uh, snip out the pre-show. Then they have to snip out the post-show. So when you tried to see the VOD afterwards that was sitting on Netflix, it was loading both ways and it was glitching and it was terrible. I was out, but Alina got to see it and she was making sure to record everything because we wanted to maybe make an LME on it. There is. There were moments where it was just streaming in like 240p. Intercut <laughs> has streamed better than this live stream was going. The, the only text message I got from you Alina tried. was, uh, "The Netflix streaming is a joke because they were announcing their festival as well. <laughs> the the tech in it could be a lot better. They were able to host the SAG Awards no problem on YouTube. I'm surprised that on the service where people actually pay, it was laggy as could be. So they definitely need to work on that. And Chris, you got to work on your stand-up special too. This stand-up special clocks in <laughs> in a little over an hour, Zach. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of hype to it. How did you feel going mm-hmm. into it overall? Best jokes, worst jokes, and how you would rank it? Because this is part of his uh, deal with Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I, I generally like Chris Rock's humor, although it, I feel like it's been a little bit since he's given us his best stuff, you know? So I, I went into it excited sure but not necessarily like hyped for it because there's only i think so much i i was expecting from it and and then there's also just the like looming expectation that he's gonna have to confront uh the last year oscar incident right so i don't know i it, it was a mixed bag for me from the start and i kind of felt like i got a mixed bag there there are moments where he's talking about uh, the Kardashians, or he's talking about uh, safe spaces and stuff. And it's like, it's what every comedian who's now in their 50s has been doing for the past, like, decade and a half. It, it just yeah. feels very, like, everybody else has covered this ground and you're not necessarily doing that interesting of a spin on it. And then there are these moments where you, he, he's he got this cadence to his delivery and he's got this perspective. Uh, and when he... I think aims it at a place that felt a little bit more novel. I laughed. Like I did have some fun watching the special, but it was definitely like a lot of hit or miss, at least from my end. Yeah. It's like Chappelle's been covering the same thing three times already. Right. For a lot of the jokes, Mm -hmm. this whole idea of selective outrage, which is the name of the special. But if you're, not even prepared well, with it. Ground. There was one time, yeah, one of the big things that people were saying was uh, he came out and just dissed uh, Will Smith seven times, right? Just repeating, uh, calling him out. He repeated every single one of his jokes. He did that thing where it's like, the reason you go on airplanes. The reason you go on airplanes, the reason you go on airplanes. It's like he was repeating so many of the setups and it felt very mm-hmm. unprepared for what he was going for. And it sucked because when you get to the Will Smith part of it, he botched his own climax there is a bit where he mixed up the names of the movies for what will smith was 
Hey, well, what sucked was it was such a clean cut. I like how we did the internet right? thing when we record outside of a live stream where he did it. He went, oh, I messed up. Then like he redid the whole setup. <laughs> so I saw the raw version because, again, Alina had a copy of that. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to be able to trim that out. You know, like they usually would I, for a, a recording. So I, I caught it re- just uh, yesterday and it's in there. That's the version that I oh, saw. So, yeah, like I think there's a reason why they don't film a lot of stand up spe- or at least release a lot of specials live because you want to cut around the moments yeah. when you ruin your own joke to the like big climax you've been waiting a year to tell everybody. That's insane. On top of that, they gave him some meme yeah. stuff in the beginning, too. He's just standing there. He looks like Mike Wazowski just waiting to get out. They were showing <laughs> him before he came out, uh, before the song even dropped. And I'm like, come on, you're making him look so bad. But, yeah, it wasn't the best out of the specials that he's had. Because even in terms of uh, what he's also done for Netflix, which was Tambourine, uh, he was able to even do a, a long cut of that one uh, with a director's cut. I thought that was pretty interesting. This one, for those who don't know, was also directed by Bo Burnham, which was a reason why it was on our radar. This was part of his Netflix deal where I think he had three that he had to do for them. I don't know what it was like after he still has to deliver one. The Oscars happen. And it's like, can he negotiate? Is he able to get something better from them? Because at this point, I started wondering, maybe he has another one in the, in the books that he really wants to roll out. And this was just the one that he maybe owed Netflix. I hope he was able to get a little bit more from it. Uh, I like how Devesh is even saying he also messed up the part where Will Smith is not a shark. He was trying to do yeah. these bits about them being different fishes and something. He's like, I'm a zebra. He's a shark. I was like, no, that's De Niro. I don't know if it was the nerves. I don't know if it was the unpreparedness for it, but that was a big thing that stood out to me where I felt that if he tightened it a little bit more, maybe the jokes would have landed better. But yeah, uh, I think it's on par with Tambourine. It just had more hype because we've been waiting. We've been waiting to see what Chris Rock had to say about the slap and some of the jokes delivered. So uh, yeah, I mean, I found myself laughing at at definitely a couple bits, but it, it kind of vacillated between like, oh, that's funny. And oh, I've heard that joke a lot of times before better probably better yeah, yeah so chris rock selective outrage it has me interested to see what netflix is going to do in the future which with a lot of these live streams but also like twitch they got to be careful because people could just go on there say something and those are really big fines for netflix we're now dealing in the realm of broadcast just because we don't have cable packages doesn't mean that now netflix isn't going to act like cable because they will get sued if someone's playing a song, if someone says something that they don't want to. So I'm curious if this is going to be a positive for them. I'm curious what the numbers were, but I'm curious to see what Chris Rock has next. And uh, I'm sure that the jokes are just going to keep coming because in a week we got the Oscars. So uh, mm-hmm. Zach doesn't think the Oscars are going to be exciting. I'm banking on it. Y'all <laughs> let me know down below or in the chat. Uh, I'm ex- we'll get to those uh, Oscars. There is that push and pull at the Oscars where you're going to have a really good year. So the sacrifice has to be a really boring year. Yeah. But... We're coming off of a lot of hype, so I'm hoping that they're able to to bank on it because that, that would really suck. Yeah, way too many eyes on yeah. it. But speaking of the Oscars, there's a performance that a lot of people were surprised, got nominated. And I'm here to tell y'all, it's not even her best performance that she had last year. Andrea Rizaburo, Andrea Rizaburo, many different ways to say her name. Riseboro? Either way, I, I like the, yeah. The, she had a I couple really of know. movies last year. I don't know either. She, it's because she she transforms so much, even her name disappears. She was in Amsterdam <laughs> last year. Uh, I thought she was really good in that movie. She was in... Um, there's something else that she was in as well, but two Leslie, out of everything, ended up being what she snatched the award for. I think it is a solid performance, decent movie. 
while Two Leslie is the better movie, the better performance was in Please Baby Please, in my opinion. This is her just okay. going into a pocket of just going zany. This is out on movie or is about to be released on movie, so I wanted to put it on people's radar. It had a decent indie release. It's just funny to see what they gravitated towards between the two on what was going to be the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you were curious on more Andrea uh, roles, I'd say catch out this uh, catch this one over on movie. It's following her as a part of this like uh, ensemble group that's doing. Um, uh, I, I, I want to call it kind of like a baby cousin to uh, the Noah Gaspar movie where everyone drank the, the Kool Aid, but a, a little bit oh, more like tame. a climax. Yeah, but a little bit more tame than that. Uh, so please, baby, please over on movie. Better performance from her if you're interested. Be sure to check that out. Nice. You caught a pilot to a limited series called Daisy Jones and the Six. Tell me about this. Yeah, I, I caught uh, the first two episodes. Amazon's released three so far. Uh, and it's a new show that is sort of got this mockumentary style to it and kind of feels almost like they're uh, going for a bit of like a reminiscent of almost famous vibe because it follows this group of young people in uh, LA in the 1970s who form a band and their rise, but it's done in this mockumentary style where it's them in the future doing interviews about the past. So you know that there is a rise coming. Uh, You know that they're going to become a gigantic band, uh, but through at least two episodes, they they haven't yet, and they haven't even really formed the full band. It's a very like methodical look at the makings of a legendary band, and this series, Daisy Jones and the Edgar Six, is based on a book series uh, that is based sort of on the story of Fleetwood Mac. If you know anything about Fleetwood Mac, that's a band that has a lot of behind-the-scenes yeah. intrigue. Their classic <laughs> okay. album, Rumors, was uh, put together while every single member of the band was going through a divorce, some <laughs> having affairs with other members of the band. So well, that's if that's specs. the place we're going to... If that's the place we're going to in a series with uh, Riley Keough at the center of it, that seems like a lot of fun. I'm still like, I haven't been grabbed yet. I I don't know what it is, but they haven't necessarily like led, done the things that make me want to follow their journey. It's a charming enough cast and it's an interesting setting. So I might stick with it a little bit more, but I don't know. There's some the dynamics feel a little bit loosely defined, at least at the start of the show, and maybe it's just because they're building. But uh, I wouldn't say it at least grabbed me through two episodes, even though I kind of mm. like the idea and the setting of it. Now it says it's a limited series. Where's it streaming? Oh, Prime on Amazon. Okay. Pink Sweets in the Easy. live stream comments read the book and said it's basically Fleetwood Mac fan fiction. <laughs> Is the book good? I'm curious to know about that. I'll hop on this. So would you recommend people catching the pilot? They liked it a lot. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, it's, it's Looking... at least if you like the idea of a show like this, and it seems like it could be interesting. I, I'm kind of on board with it. Um, I, I saw you just pulled up Scott Newstetter. It, yeah. Is it the duo who did 500 Days of Summer behind this yeah. one? I think so, right? Spectacular Now, Disaster Artist. So and, it's got a decent talent. And the first few episodes directed by James Ponsolt. Who I, I like quite okay. a bit. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll be sure to add this End to my list. Tour. Spectacular now. Beautiful. All right. Daisy and... Or Daisy Jones and the Six. Gotcha. Yeah. Beautiful. Over on Amazon Prime. Uh, is that weekly? 
Uh, so they did. They're doing the thing that most of those Amazon shows are doing, and that they drop three, and then three. they go weekly after that. All right, I'll be sure to hop on that because uh, I have only got one weekly show I care about. Zach, and you already know what it is: The Last of Us <laughs> penultimate episode. Yeah. Of course, they had to go all out. Oof. Did you see who they cast? They got uh, no, actually. I love this man, bro. And they duped me because I'm so used to him looking so spiffy, so clean. Troy Oh, you're talking Baker. in this episode. I thought there was some, like, Abby announcement out there. Nah, bro. Can you imagine? Nah, we would all, we would all know about that, bro. Troy Baker, yeah. the one who plays Joel in the, vid- yeah. in the video game, came in here as a cameo spot. Or not even a cameo spot, as a supporting role here for this episode. And I did not recognize him. They did this earlier as well with the... Um, uh, one of the earlier characters who was in the video game came back to also play a version of herself. I, I think that's been re- a really cool thing that they've been doing, uh, bringing back a lot of people from the video game and finding a way to be able to put them in not just an Easter egg, which is really cool, uh, like an actual like role that adds to the story. Um, yeah. Because he had a pretty good scene in this. Overall, though. Yeah, he was talking he in the, the post-show in the post-show interview about how he was kind of expecting to be like a clicker or something. Clicker. And like you said, he's a whole lot more than that. Yeah, no, I, I thought this episode delivered and I thought the stand-up for this was yet again back-to-back episodes, if not three, since the the, the fifth one, where mm-hmm. Bella Ramsey has been killing it. Any like, And I was there too. Any smack talk about Bella Ramsey in the first four episodes, I, look, I understood. I got it. I, I was a little iffy with it. I wasn't sure. I was wrong. Uh, since episode five, since episode six, and this last one over here, she is just absolutely dominated. Any doubts that I had yeah. are, are they're thrown away. Uh, be it because of the way that they've been able to write the story, but the way that she's been able to handle herself, it it has it's been a killer performance, man. I don't know what you thought about this episode or who you thought the standout was or what you're looking forward to in the finale next week. Yeah, well, so like like you, I'm consistently been really impressed with Bella Ramsey through these past ep- couple episodes. I think I was maybe in on her before you, but like I, she got to do so much more dramatic work in this, these yeah. last the, the last couple of episodes, and she's really like held up to everything you'd ask for in that kind of performance, where you have to show the the grit and the the toughness that this world kind of forces you to to put on but also show the the vulnerability and naivete of being a young person like i i find myself sometimes watching this show and reminding myself she's actually 18 or 19 while filming this cuz she's so convincingly a child here um and, and i i don't know it's like it is a really really exceptional performance from uh from her uh i think i think this has been maybe the most harrowing out of all uh, the episodes we've been through so far. And uh, I mean, five is harrowing in a different way where I think it has this really this really devastating ending, but there's something about like now, like Bell of, of Ellie carrying on, like now she has to shoulder this going forward. If if that makes any sense, that feels a little bit different, feels a little feels a little bit more like she's going through it. Um, you know, my my thoughts before going into this episode, knowing that this was the penultimate episode of the first season, was sort of thinking about the game. And, and without spoiling what happens in the game, because I know not everybody ha- has played it, the game ends 
at a point where I was not sure I would buy Ellie and Joel's journey to that point, right? Like you really have to buy into the bond that gets forged between them. And I feel like this past episode has done done a really good job in advancing that relationship, in, in advancing how uh, dire the circumstances are and how having each other is like the only glimmer of hope that they have in this world. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a really, I thought it was a really, really effective week and it set up what will be probably, probably like an amazing finale next week. It has to be. I, there's like no way they're going to drop the ball. fail with this but i've just really appreciated each one feeling we talked about the intros which they haven't really come back to um but they had these intros that almost felt like short films out of the world of the last of us and i I, yeah i hope they bring them back but the characters that they've been able to bring as guest appearances per episode this man had no reason being as menacing as he was man yeah i can't remember exactly because we're uh like i said alina's playing it so we're kind of at advanced this episode is ahead of what she's at where she's at so i'm about right. to see how his character or adjacent because i don't remember him how he plays in the game but shout out to him uh there was just this uh this like subtlety to him in uh the way that he was manning his own group and how that's been compared to other people that we've met uh, i thought he I, I thought he did a fantastic job there so it's just been really good seeing these checkpoints that they've been able to uh uh hit up along the way but I'm so excited for how they're going to wrap it. So a part of me feels like there's not enough time. Yeah, like, it, I would kind of like a little bit more one? time in this world. Yeah, I, I just I, I can't imagine like... much longer than an hour, right? And the other thing is like when you go from the game where you get so much time inhabiting the characters, like even if that the cutscenes aren't necessarily much longer than you know how long the show is. You spend so much time because you're going in and out of buildings and t- fighting clickers and stuff. I, oh, I the wish there were the stories that are built. Yeah, <sighs> I, I wish there were maybe a couple more episodes. I I sort of feel now that we're where we are. I wish they had divided the games into two seasons rather than as they've sort of said, trying to do a season per game. Hmm. They're going to end up Game of Thrones themselves. They're not going to put out the next game in time for the part three. But, hey, if they are able to give us a super long episode, I would be really excited for it. I don't see a time here. I don't know if HBO shows a time. But, damn, y'all have had 90-minute episodes. Make this one, too. You make this a whole finale. I think you Mm -hmm. have one of the best uh, endings to a season that HBO has had in a long while. So I am extremely excited for The Last of Us finale. We are... We are doing i don't even know what with our schedule because we'll be at south by we have a movie we have some xr stuff we have some barbecue to eat most importantly but yeah. then zach Maybe told me it's savings day. time oh, oh. it's too much to fit in the oscars yeah, but dude. we're gonna make it work i am excited for the finale of it uh and excited for all the stuff that we have next in store but even bigger yeah. than that probably the biggest thing that we have in the horizon on that night is the Oscars, which we're about to break down. But before we do, Zach, give a shout-out to our Academy members, the patrons. Absolutely. We will thank those intercutie patrons, the wonderful people who are supporting the show. They are Ewan, Ronette, Julieta, Tim, Elizabeth, Josh, Ashley, Brady, Sean, Marion, Michael, Mr. Kobayashi, Nick the Monty, LaShawn, Devesh, Nick, and Diana, our Academy-level members, are to Char, Cademan, Connor, Pete, 
May, Ricky, Joe, and Janicia. And of course, a big thanks to the producer-level patrons. They are Awkward, Udenvir, and Sam. Thanks again for all the support and the reminder that you too can become a member at patreon.com slash intercutpod, where for as little as $1 a month, you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to intercut episode outlines, early access to some intercut episodes, including our most anticipated movies of the year video is live for the patrons now. Uh, you can get access to some private channels on the Intercut Discord to communicate with us throughout the week and an invitation to our monthly patron Google meetings where we chat about the latest in film, uh, the next one of which we'll probably be doing live from Austin. So you can join us for some barbecue and a recap and of the best from South by Southwest, a recap of, of the like Oscars. Them. We'll probably have to talk about some Oscars stuff on that stream. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun. So yeah, patreon.com slash intercutpod. Let me add on that, that one that he was talking about for the anticipated movies of the year also should have a bonus right. because sometimes we'll be talking about trailers. YouTube's not having it. It gets completely blocked. Can't be public. But for the inner cuties out there who are on Patreon, uh, big shout out to y'all. You'll be able to see it in whatever form YouTube allows us to. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for all the stuff that we have for next week. The road to the ass is going to be really big. So, Zach, break down everything we need to know about this award season, man. It's almost done. We're in March <laughs> know, and we're still right? talking we're... 2022 movies. <laughs> exactly. It feels like it's been months of circling the, the Oscars drain, but finally, award season is winding down. The 95th Academy Awards are this Sunday, and it's beginning to feel more and more like everything everywhere all at once is in for a pretty epic night. It's racked up the most Oscar nominations, it swept all of the major Guild Awards, and it even won the Indie Spirits Awards over the weekend art. Are you ready for the EEAAO party this weekend? Are you excited? And do you think that this film doing well at the Oscars is good for the Oscars? I think when uh, Tar wins and Fablemans win, I think we'll remember this uh, film as one for the ages because it is the best thing for the Oscars to award it. I don't think it's the best thing for the movie. I've heard people right. do tweets about, oh, there's no wor- worry, something that'll happen. Have you been alive for an Oscars? The worst thing that ever happens to a movie is when it wins it and it gets all of this pushback because of it. I mean, just last year with Coda. This movie, before it even got nominated, had pushback. How yeah. would it not if it wins the award? This is that example we were talking about with A24 and Talk To Me. It's cooler for... A24 to get Talk To Me than it is for Talk To Me to get A24. It's something that's going to help them out. If the Oscars award this, I I know this is where you want to go to, does it change everything that we've known for the last 90-something years of what an Oscar movie is? And we've had discussions about this in several realms. Animation. It's always Pixar animation. Everyone gets tired of it. We switch over to the Spider-Verse animation. That Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing that came out today is still in the realm of Spider-Verse. At what point Mm -hmm. does that become the new cliche? So while it's great that, A, if everything everywhere wins, at what point down the line does it not just become the new cliche? And I love the movie. I love the movie. I love the movie. I love the movie. Yeah. It's great. I love the movie. Who do you think benefits from it more? 
I mean, definitely the Oscars, particularly when you consider that they have this reputation for being kind of like stuffy, for being like the old white guy awards, like more and more the Oscars don't really look at that. You know, uh, the movies that people call Oscar bait, stuff like maybe Armageddon Time or She Said or Empire of Light, like those movies were almost completely shut out of the nominations this year. But in the past seven years, Moonlight won Best Picture, Parasite won Best Picture, Coda last year won Things Best Picture. Final, That's yeah. not like traditional Oscars bait. Fablemans and Women Are Talking will be lucky to even win like one category. Hey, hey, and hey. this like very... I, we're, it's just real. Like they'll be lucky, uh, and it, they deserve it. But it's it's seems at least if we're gonna go like by gold derby standards to be setting up for a lot of e everything, 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 everywhere, all at once. Love, which you know, it's exciting because I'm I, I am excited by the idea of an academy that's willing to embrace weird out there challenging experimental movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once. I am a little bit maybe like wary that their version of embracing something that's outside of the norm is like as long as it sort of makes me happy in the end, like that's the the uh, sort of aligning factor between this coda, Shape of Water. It, 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 there's, you know, I'm not going to put Moonlight and Parasite in there because I think those movies were just sort of considered to be like the outstanding dramatic works by notable filmmakers. But when we're talking about some of these other ones, like I, I hope it's not sort of, I like that everything, everything, everywhere all at once is challenging people, but I hope that they don't need to be like uh, lifted up by their challenging filmmaking that they will just embrace challenging filmmaking going forward. The only thing more annoying than everything everywhere sweeping or winning a lot is it coming back with nothing and not hearing the end of it? So I'd rather it be <laughs> yeah. something. That's that true. Would be That's so true too. Annoying. We said this yeah. earlier. We covered it. When the directors of the movie have to come out and tell the fans to simmer down, that's on another level. Like, yo, I don't know what multiverse you have the good everything everywhere all up, all up fans, but damn, there is there is too many of them that that uh, I, I see it being a mess if it doesn't win what they want. Um, but I am yeah. still rooting for it. I think it would be the biggest win for A24 if it were to take the big one. Yeah, I mean, they have never won the top prize. I think the biggest Oscar they won was probably the Brie Larson Best Actress win for for Room. But between everything, everything, all everything, everywhere, all at once, potentially winning Best Picture, maybe being a threat to win Best Actress, probably winning Best Supporting Actor, maybe Supporting Actress as well, and then Brendan Fraser has been gaining momentum. He won at the SAG Awards. He potentially could come home with a win for The Whale. It would be, there, there is a potential that A24 could win every single major award at this year's Oscars. How? What, okay. what do you think? So, tell uh, me. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think that would mean for A24? Do you feel like this is some part, some, a part of a larger momentum shift away from traditional distributors like uh, Searchlight or Universal and more towards boutiques like A24 and Neon, which also had a Best Picture winner on its hands a couple of years ago in Parasite? You think the Academy has changed? I think so. I mean, look, they responded to the... Uh, Oscars so white backlash by 
drastically expanding the academy. And yeah, that hasn't really resulted in the exact change that they've been hoping for, but I think what it's done is diversified the opinions that are in the academy. It's youthened their ranks a little bit, so they're they're uh, embracing films that are maybe not necessarily like the more traditional uh, type of oscar movie. I, I think what they've done, in, while they ne- haven't necessarily fixed their problem, they have mm-hmm. uh, changed what the average voter is is going for. I think there's mm-hmm. a, a different like consensus with a this pool, academy different pool. than the academy yeah. of five years ago. I want to believe that. I really do. I worry yeah. that it's a shift for the moment. That's that's just me. Yeah, potentially. Um, How many do you have? The do you thing have is that they. We have a question here Everything? from the chat. How many Oscars do you guys yeah. think EEAO takes home? It could be the first sweeper in a while. We'll be interested to see if the Oscars want to spread it out. I am always, I don't want to say spreader. I like it when the Oscars spread it out. I think it's cool when you have different people Same. who are able to come to speak on the project. Different projects are able to take things home. Um, but a sweep would amplify its exposure a lot more. Yeah, I mean, so it's nominated, I think it was for 11 Oscars and technically it can't win all of them because two of those nominations are for supporting actress. I would say that it takes somewhere in the range of five, like give or take one. I think um, we can actually go through the categories if, if you want to in a little bit. Sure. Um, all right. So why don't, why don't we actually just start this from the bottom and we'll get to those big everything everywhere everything everywhere all at once. Man, that is such a mouthful and it doesn't get any easier yeah, to yeah. say. Everything a year everywhere. Later, you say that, yeah. Everything everywhere. Get ready for the uh, sequel. All right, so let. So just talking about the shorts, I don't know how many of these you've had a chance to talk about. I know you gave Le Pupil a big shout out on the podcast well before it got nominated for an Oscar. Because we got. Uh, is that the one that you? Mm. Is that the one that you're hoping wins in best live action short, or do you have another favorite? Uh, I still have to finish the wrap up here, which we'll have completely ready for our Oscars coverage. But at the moment, between that and Night Ride, I do have La Pupil above Ooh. Night Ride, but I thought Night Ride may have the potential because of the way it was able to play at some fests. Yeah, I, I kind of like Le Pupil as well, although, although I'm still That's getting good. through some of them too. Uh, have you caught Disney any Plus? of the documentary shorts yet? Uh, I have seen a whopping one. Uh, the Martha Mitchell effect. I thought it was a really good movie that came out of a festival that it played in the shorts. Alina put it on my radar, premiered at Netflix, and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I know that Stars even has a spinoff, uh, like a whole series with Martha, Martha Mitchell. So I'm curious to see if that's been something that the uh, voters may have, but I, I got to go through the rest of them. Yeah, same with me. Uh, when we're going to Best Animated Shirt, this is the one that Here I've seen go. more of, although I haven't seen all of yet. Uh, but of the ones I've seen, Ice Merchants one, is my two, favorite. Three. Shout out to Ice Zhao Merchants, Gonzalez. baby. Let's do it. Yeah. It's not even close. Now, look, uh, I still need to catch Flying Sailor and Ostrich, which I have links for. Um, the Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, and the whatever else they're adding to that is an Apple movie that's based off of a book. So I think it's been able to have that Apple traction. I right. worry that Apple bag that they were able to secure last year is still going to be pushing it. There's nothing wrong with that short. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. Man, I prefer My Year of Dicks, which is streaming over on Hulu. That's a funny <laughs> short. That is a really good short. And I think it would be hilarious to say dicks at the Oscars. They've said poop in the right? nominations. Imagine how much more it can go. I mean, it can't be worse than what happened last year. <laughs> but my pick here has to be Ice Merchants. This is available online. We've talked about it out of Chicago. We've talked about it now that it's on The New Yorker. 
forget the awards. That is like that's a short that rivals feature length films. And I'm gonna leave it at yeah. that. I it brought me to tears and it's and it, again, it's just a short, so shout out again to Ice Merchants. All right, let's get to best international film. Uh I don't I don't know how I feel about this category. I, I haven't really been like overwhelmed by any of these movies. I've been I've been maybe a little underwhelmed by them. Uh, I feel pretty confident that All Quiet on the Western Front will win it given how many other nominations it has. I I would be I guess a little more psyched for EO just cuz like it's the it's the donkey movie even though I don't That's my sleeper hit but uh close I think is the best one out of all of this. More than Quiet Girl. Right. I know you really enjoyed Quiet Girl. <sighs> Yeah, like Quiet Girl is right there with it. Don't get me wrong. But it'd be weird for All Quiet to have gotten all of those nominations and then lose here. But yeah. I would highly implore those last three at the bottom of that list. Watch it uh, if you can. Quiet Girl, Close, and the EO. It's really good. In Best Documentary Feature, most bets are going the way of either Navalny or All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Uh, I personally... I, I really loved Fire of Love. That's my favorite out of the nominees here, even though it seems like it's not necessarily a favorite to win it. Uh, what would you yeah. like to see win? Uh, as I always say, I don't go into these doing uh, over-unders. I'm not here to do sports betting. I wrote Predictions, with my yeah. heart, Fire of Love, and A Let's House go. Made of Splinters. Those are my two. I Oof. really hope one of those take it. All of them are really good, so I'm, I'm really happy with the lineup they have here. But if Fire of Love can take it, or House Made of Splinters, which has been doing so so much press uh, and houses and, and stuff for it, that'd be a, a very interesting one to see win as well. Yeah, I kind of think Navalny ends up winning it. And you uh, like Navalny? Best animated f- feature. It looks like it's going to go to Pinocchio. Uh, I I know that there's a lot of love for a lot of these movies. I got to rewatch. Uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on a couple weeks ago. That is a really special, beautiful movie. That is the one that uh-huh. would make me the happiest of the nominees to win. Yes. I would love Theo to get it. If they go up there, pull the Mean Girls and split it to everybody, this is the one year where I think they knock right. it out of the park with every single nomination. There's always that one Disney pick that we all go, ugh, wow. One of mm-hmm. the best Pixar movies that they released in a minute. Uh, the, the Netflix stuff for Seabees is fantastic. Puss in Boots has ride or die fans like I haven't seen in a minute, man. I don't know if they just mm-hmm. grew up with Shrek or if they just really love Puss in Boots, but people love that movie. It can go anywhere, and I, I'd be very happy for it. But uh, I've been, I've been love. Uh, it's been a blast to hear Guillermo give speeches. I think he's done. Uh, he, he said something cute in every single one, so of course I'd like to see him say <laughs> say something in the main stage. Definitely. Getting to can best you imagine a tiny Marshall? <laughs> yeah, goes onto the stage. I, I would. That would make my night. That would be the best yeah. moment of the Oscars. Yeah. I hope they, they do the thing they did in like presenting. Yeah. No. Do you remember when they did that thing where it was like Shrek and they were there and like Toy Story and they were there? Like, come on, get a budget. Yeah. Come on, right? Oscars. Yeah. You want to attract more audiences? Get Shrek to present more the, of the awards. <laughs> I want to see the Navi there. <laughs> and, and not like what what's his name did Ben Stiller don't do that <laughs> speaking of which best visual effects uh, I think this one's gotta go to Avatar Way of the Water I, I can't imagine Easy. it going any other way yeah uh, with best sound Top Gun right now is the favorite would you go with Top mm. Gun or are you riding out for Batman damn I'm gonna stick with Top Gun on there yeah I mean 
nothing like the the sound of the jet engines roaring, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Best song, if anything, but Natu Natu wins here. We wow. riot. Wow, although I'm so yeah. excited. Once again, so excited to see my boy Sun Lux performing at the Oscars. That's crazy, it, and that's going to be awesome. That what I'm just looking forward to is just them being able to have actual budgets for their performances up there, because that's really all that matters. That's what's going to be remembered over the song or the winner. Dude, sorry, I mean they they're performing Natu Natu at the show. Like that's. Gotta, I'm so excited for that. That's where you, you don't get, open ooh. it. You, yeah, you don't open it with "Lift Me Up." No, you started off with "Not <laughs> to Not to." Yeah, let's get the party going. Uh, for best score, the Vegas money is headed towards Justin Hurwitz for his Babylon score. Is that the it's one you'd like to see win? Yeah, my man is. I mean, come on, for just, four? Yeah, I think he's good. He's yeah, Voodoo Mama by itself would be enough here. Mm-hmm. Uh, production design, I'm a little su- surprised to see that wow. much f- favoring towards Babylon. Uh, is that the one that you'd like to see win in production design? Um, I wouldn't mind it winning. But something actually has me thinking that All Quiet on the Western Front is going to get on there. To me, they've locked down, like, the, dude, IndieWire, sponsored by All Quiet on the Western Front. I've seen so many outlets put up those visuals. <laughs> The FYCs are crazy for All Quiet, and a lot of it has to do with the cinematography and the production design. Something yeah. tells me that, that they did enough push that uh, they went over voters. But I would love to see Babylon. Avatar is interesting to me because we're in that new realm where it's production design digital. It is. Right. But it's not, you know? Fableman's. Right. Like, uh, I, I love Fableman's. There's but. an argument that it should be Avatar, but I don't know if that is an argument that voters are ready for. You know? So uh, I'm good with Babylon. Babylon had crazy sets. We're just rewatching yeah. it on Paramount. It's beautiful. I think I'd like to see Babylon win this one, although I have this weird feeling that Elvis maybe uh, could sneak really? this one out. Okay. Yeah. The one that Elvis is favored for here is bake, best makeup and hairstyling. Really? Slightly ahead of the whale, a cold, according to Gold Derby, although I don't really understand how this points thing works because they've got more points, but the odds are better. Whatever. Uh, do you think this goes the whale's way? No. Do you think... That oh, it yes, should have yes, gone yes, the yes, Batman's yes. way? Mm. Okay, so again, I'm worried about All Quiet. A lot of push for the makeups on the kids. But have y'all seen the behind the scenes to uh, the Batman? It's the guy who the guy who did the makeup for um, Colin Farrell, uh, Penguin. The behind the scenes doesn't just look incredible. This guy went on tour with The Weeknd to do his after hours face stuff. This guy... <laughs> Kills it in everything he's done. The work he did here should be awarded. But the whale just put out their extensive making of and the costume that they had to put him in. Feel how you feel about the movie. But damn, that looked really good. And in the movie, it works. Elvis has been memed for how it looks like his cake face is melting off. I don't understand how we're awarding this. <laughs> the, the biggest standout about the makeup and hairstyling is that my man went from looking like Woody... To looking like Mr. Potato Head. I, it is, it's been a joke for the makeup and, and hairstyling in this movie, so I, I don't understand it being that high. Yeah, I would go with the Batman among those choices, but uh, I, I feel like Elvis is going to pull it out. Um, I hope the way pulls it Best film editing. Now, the interesting thing about best film editing is that this is often a category that is aligned with the best picture winner. Not every time, but a lot of times it is a good indicator of the mm. strength that a film has to potentially win Best Picture, which is okay. why you see a lot of the 
guesses going everything everywhere, everything everywhere all at once is way. Do you think it should win? I'm going to go simple here. I think the best editing in this category, it, I'm, it's not, we're not arguing. It's tar. Even if you find it boring, the best editing is tar. But I'm going simplicity. I want Top Gun Maverick to take best film editing of the year. That's what I'm going for. This is a movie wow. that has caused the public to go rewatch it how many times? It broke records at the mm-hmm. box office. That's how many. If that's not for its brisk editing for a two-hour movie, I don't know what else to tell you. I hope everyone loses their bets here for EEAO. <laughs> I hope this is the one that does it. <laughs> just being mean about it, but I would love for it to be Top Gun. I also want to give a shout-out to Elvis. It got so much trash. I just trashed the hair and makeup, but the editing is where it went so gonzo, and I loved it. Um, I don't yeah. think it should win, though. Uh, my pick is Top Gun Maverick. Are you sticking yeah, with Yeah, a lot of good me? choices here for editing. Um, Which I don't lie. know. I, I do really love the editing and everything everywhere all at once. I, I agree. I kind of want to spread it around, and, and Tar is so like precise and perfect, but I wouldn't be upset about everything winning here. It's not the best editing. It could have been tighter. It's great it's editing, most. but it's not the best. And sometimes they award well, it's the most editing. Elvis. Interesting. Elvis or the, everything that, everywhere. It's got, it definitely oh. gives it a run for its money. That's a double feature that I would knock out to immediately afterwards. <laughs> uh, that's the overstimulation double feature of the year. Uh, best uh, costume design. Uh, Gold Derby has Elvis favorited here, but they also think Black Panther Wakanda Forever has got a shot. Interestingly, I think everything, 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 everywhere, all at once picked up the Costume Guild Awards. I, I, I don't know if that means that it has, I think it's just like, I think it's a similar thing to what happened with CODA last year, where it took a lot of people a long time to catch up with the movie. And now they're riding the wave of how good it feels to watch everything everywhere win and everybody get excited about their speeches. It's it's more fun. So they got the wrong reel. It's more fun to watch everything everywhere's team win than it is to give Kate Blanchett a third Oscar. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Costume Uh, design. I like the stuff in Elvis. I did a deep dive on the costumes there and how detailed they were able to go, not only with uh, the historical aspect of it, but to also make sure that the way that it draped on his body draped the same way that it draped on Elvis. Black Panther is coming back with uh, uh, Carter being able to win a Mm follow-up. It's it's anyone's game here. I'm locking in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. (laughs) The only true winner of the night. Uh, I think it's going to go Elvis's way. I think partially well, because maybe fair. Black Panther is a sequel. Uh, maybe it gets some some sequel knock, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe. It's surprised to see how strong Elvis is doing, considering that like that movie is very average. That movie is very mid to me. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm not best saying it's the best movie of the year. <laughs> Elvis. Best cinematography... Uh, is right now favorited to All Quiet on the Western Front. Are you going to give it to that? What is your favorite, at least, from these nominees? My favorite is Bardo. I thought what he did with Bardo was so eccentric. I thought th- I thought he was able to do new things with the way he was able to catch the cinematography there. All Quiet on the Western Front. I saw 1917. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for arriving here this year. <laughs> but, like, I've seen it <laughs> right? already. Uh, Empire thematically. <laughs> I've never seen a movie clash with its cinematography and its themes uh tar is too subtle but i think you and i both appreciate it and if they're going for the most i see elvis 
But yeah, my, my favorite is Bardo. Again, All Quiet on the Western Front's FYC, I feel, has it on lock. They've done too much. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, even though, like, yeah, we didn't we just do this two, three years ago with 1917? Like, I, I don't really get it. Um, I personally think that Florian Hoffmeister is, like, d- doing impeccable work in Tar, and yeah, it is very subtle, but... Like, if you're actually studying the compositions, there, there's so right. much going on there. Uh, that would be my pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is uh, all quiet on the Western Front's category for sure. Uh, there were so many better ones, though. This is, has the most snubs. Where the hell was Avatar? There was so many other movies to nominate for cinematography, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Screenplay. Yeah, cinematography was, was a mess Weird. this year. Um, original screenplay. I... I feel like this category used to be better and then they opened <laughs> it up to the general body gets to vote on it now instead of just the screenwriters and year after year they are awarding like not only yes. bad screenplays but like my least favorite screenplay least favorite screenplays in the category cuz they're not reading them the general the yeah. general voters that it's now opened up to are like voting this as their second option for best picture I feel Mm-hmm. Like that's the mentality that they go in for this, and that's partially why. Like I see a lot of people picking Banshees of Anishar in here. It would be okay. a great place to award Martin McDonough while still letting the Daniels roll through and take the biggest awards of the night. Um, I yeah. I'm having trouble as much as I think Everything Everywhere has a lot of momentum. I'm having trouble imagining it is going to do such a complete sweep. So I would go Banshees winning. And personally, I would pick Banshees or Tar. Uh, I think Tar has a brilliant screenplay. I, I also feel like Banshees is like so lyrical, and the, there's so many great lines in it. I, I kind of am divided between those two as for what I would choose. I think Tar is the best screenplay out of this list. I feel like Banshees deserves to win it because it's McDonough, because of the Rennie's hand. Has the screenplays not been the movie's winners that are genre films? Right? Yeah. Get Out, the yeah. horror movie, like, the comedies. It, 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 it often is it, it often is the place where movies that Oscar voters like but think are too weird for Best Picture win awards. Yeah, oh, no, we can't give it the big one. But on paper, it looks really good. And yeah. that makes me think, what if it snatches this? Uh, to you, you know, I don't know the, the stuff like that, but uh, if it wins screenplays at a lock... What's the percentage? Like, it, it built up the percentages. You had missed I mean, the editing one. Is screenplay bigger? I don't think screenplay it, it has more correlation than editing. But I think given the films that it's up against here, if it would beat Banshees and Fablemans, like, I just don't know if there's a lot of movies left that could threaten it for Best Picture. If it wins editing and screenplay, you can lock in its Best Picture chances. Pink Sweet said Belfast won last year, so Fablemans, congratulations, Stephen. <laughs> Get your award. Guess you're losing to the Daniels for the big one. <laughs> yeah. oh. Let's talk about adapted right. screenplay here. Let's do it. The Gold Derby has women talking winning the award, uh, but there's an interesting category here with Top Gun Maverick, Glass Onion, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Living. Personally, I think I'd give this one to Glass Onion or Women Talking. I like the Women Talking screenplay. I, like I think the women more talking than most people. Well. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually read the or listened to the audiobook and I think they did a really good job of adapting it and all, not only like being true to the material, but changing it in ways that made it better and more cinematic for a, a film. I'm talking myself into giving this one to women talking. I'm completely okay with it winning, but I'm going simplicity again. I think it would be great to award Top Gun Maverick for adapted screenplay. I'd be okay with it. I mean, it's you say it's simple, but it's also just like it's exterior, whittled down room. to the key elements, the things that you really need from that movie, right? Yeah, we'll see. It, right. it, that, this is a uh, this is a, a really sad list here, though. Yeah, I, a lot of a lot of worthy nominees there. Another place with a lot of worthy nominees: best supporting actor. Uh, all these awards have been going to Kihi Kwan all year. I feel That's like it, this right? is my biggest lock of the Oscars night that he's going to win it is, here. Is there a Mark Rylance in the group we don't know about? <laughs> Who's your Mark Rylance in the Maybe group? Maybe it's Judd Hirsch. <laughs> Hell no. It, I think it's Brendan. I think a Banshee's person may split the votes or something. Something may have, I don't I like very low, very low, very low. It's keys. Yeah. It's keys for sure. But like if a surprise yeah. were to happen, this is the opening award. What a way to start off the night. If, if, that would make for an exciting Oscars for sure. I t- I'm telling you. Now, again, I, I hope Who would you like to see win this category? Brian Terry Henry? <laughs> yeah. Barry Keough? Uh, that'd be cool. He's, Keough, he's great. Uh, I, I like Brendan Gleeson's performance the most out of the ones that are nominated. I think Brendan Gleeson gave the best uh, performance out of that. And I don't even know why we're having a discussion if we're being completely honest. If we're being completely honest, yeah. Brendan right. uh, has been, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for a deeper discussion later. <laughs> he put in work. I thought he was leading. Best supporting. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Best supporting actress. It, the momentum was all around Angela Bassett for a while. And right? then she missed out on a couple key awards. He Jamie Lee Curtis Disney kind of surprisingly picked up the SAG award. Uh, so now, I don't know. I mean, her number's dropping. Gold Derby still has her picking. I think that she will still ultimately win this award at the Oscars. I personally would vote for Carrie Condon out of the people who are nominated here. Uh, I also like, as much as I don't like the whale, I thought Hong Chao was probably Talk the about best it. part of it. I would not be surprised about, I, I would not be upset with her winning at all, but yeah. yeah. W- would you go with Hong Chao as well among these choices? You, I thought her performance was excellent in that movie. Like I thought it, it paired up with Brendan Fraser. She did a fantastic job. Uh, Carrie Condon. I also agree that whole, group in Banshees was fantastic even even though you know I didn't like click with the movie immediately all of those performances it was like nah this is what it was going to get down without a doubt Angela Bassett I would be very excited to see her win yeah the other she deserves uh, everything one. everywhere maybe not for group, this but I think would be yeah you know it's like just not for this I don't I'm right. rooting for them more than I'm rooting for the performance Jamie Lee doesn't me, deserve it for this either but <laughs> she might get one exactly but uh, we'll see. I, I like how people in the chat talk about it's all over the place with this, but we'll see. I, yeah. This is going to be an interesting one because it could go either way. Especially yeah, as we've seen. Maybe our most unpredictable of the Bro, the we really categories. have seen Angela Bassett, Jamie Lee, and Stephanie win for this. Yeah. So it, it, it can go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, going to best Paul actor. Paul Mescal is going to ruin everybody's <laughs> night. The Dark Horse. I'd respect I'd like it. I'd to see that. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I think the momentum was around Austin Butler for a while. A lot of people said it's a three-man race between him, Brendan, and Colin Farrell. I wish Colin Farrell had a little more momentum going for him. He would be my pick among these nominees. But I kind of see Brendan Fraser actually taking this one home. I mean, you know, I think he's got the story that people really want to buy into. Austin Butler's a bit of a newer face. And I, I think... If people vote with their hearts, they'll probably vote Brendan for best actor. Yeah, you're not worried that because Butler and Fraser Fraser have been really neck and neck. You don't think there's some crazy split that happens there that defaults to the bottom three? That like, would be my ideal scenario. They got, right, they got the group like this. Yeah, it'd be cool if I Austin won. I'd tough. be happy for him. I don't want yeah. Austin to win. He's too young. I have several yeah. reasons for it. It's it's awesome for he him, but I don't want him to win it. He sacrificed his vocal cords for this role. He's That's never going to talk normal again. Well, polish that Golden Globe on a yearly basis because Brendan Fraser <laughs> should take it for the whale. Absolutely. All right, getting to Best Actress. I thought this was a lock for the longest time. I thought we all agreed that Kate Blanchett gave the performance of the year, not just actress, the performance of the year. I don't know why we're playing. And now you're telling me that Michelle Yeoh is going to take this one? <laughs> I thought this was a ceremony, not stand-up. But I don't get what we're doing here. No disrespect to anybody. But yeah, it, it's not even close. I don't know what the industry has against Kate Blanchett. You've already heard my theories that all the actors got together to see Andrea lose. That makes no sense to me. I, I, it'd be awesome to see Michelle win. This isn't Michelle's best performance. Yeah. It's up there, but it's not her best performance. Mm-hmm. And definitely up against Tar, tit for tat, it's not even close. Uh, I, I, have Absolutely. you heard the, the little bit going around about uh, <laughs> the TV shutting off the moment it goes and the winner is Michelle? <laughs> and you don't know which one it is? <laughs> That'd be funny. It'd be a new uh, Moonlight La La Land moment or something. Ah, you know, we would, haven't talked ties. There's nothing this year that, that smells like a tie to you? <laughs> when Am was the last that? Oscars tie? I feel like that was years ago at this point. La La Land, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You want to count that? Ah, yeah. Look, look, I'm still I mean, alive I will be Blanchett. very happy to I see her. To. I'll be very happy to see Michelle win if she does win. I just... I, I just thought we all were in agreement about Tar, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Come on now. Uh, definitive proof that the Daniels are better directors than Steven Spielberg. They're about to beat him for Best Director at the Academy Awards, according to Gold Derby, at the very least. Uh, I personally would go Tar among these, Todd Field, I, just because I, I think that movie's really excellent and really precise in how it's made and it, it really takes a visionary but I, I feel like you might go Spielberg if you had your choice of the nominees the best blocking of the night bro the best just visual direction it had everything no one going does it for like, it like it, it knocks Kaminsky. it all in all cylinders I'm just also going to be completely honest I respect your Martin McDonough uh, love and you had just said Todd Field those are directors who are controlling all of it I'm not taking away from the Quants I'm not Steven was in there every inch of that directing it. You know, there was no, uh, I'm not, I don't think they had a second unit for the Daniels either, but there was just just more precision in the Fablements. Uh, I thought he did uh, an even better job than what he did with West Side Story, if I'm being honest. Mm. So I would 100% yeah. go with Steven Spielberg. But what's worse, 
Daniels beating director or the Daniels getting it with everything everywhere? I I feel like it would be better for Daniels if they got picture and lost director. Hmm. But they're never gonna. I don't know because they're also probably never going to get a chance to win best director again. They're they're too weird. They're too out there. I, it's it's a so complete then, fluke that they're here in the first does, place. I still okay. I still have trouble believing it as much as I love that movie. So then let's have the discussion from the top of the hour. How do you feel this is changing the Academy if you still consider it a fluke? If you don't think it's going to happen again, then has Oscar bait really switched? And it, or, or do you feel that this is just a momentary thing? If we you can't nominate him once and then the go lineup, back. If we go to the lineup of Best Picture... I do kind of feel like it it spells the signs of change because aside from everything everywhere all at once, we have another big sci-fi movie in Avatar Way of the Water. We have another big blockbuster in Top Gun Maverick. They owe Jimmy, by the way. Uh, What was that? They owe Jimmy, remember? No big Jim nomination? No, they took it from Jimmy the first time with Avatar. Yeah. Well, he'll be back for Avatar 3 when we... uh, when we di- find no, out I saw, why I heard, uh, I heard his idea for she's four, the son of God four. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even going beyond that, you know, like the Oscars have traditionally been uh, a place where comedies have struggled. You have t- three here if you include True. everything everywhere all at once. But you got Banshees and you got Triangle of Sadness, too. I do think there is a shift and and maybe the, the genres that have been cast off aside from maybe horror are starting to get welcomed into the big tent. So I, I don't know. Like I, I, I would like find, I would find it. I, I would be surprised to see them continue to award movies as experimental as everything everywhere all at once. But I don't think they're going to shy away from genre. Hmm. I like the idea of a comedy best picture winner. I do. That puts yeah. some respect on, on it, but <sighs> absolutely I'm still lock it in Fableman's man. I'm still locking yeah. the Fableman. That's who I'm rooting for with my heart. I have a question, though. Is there a winner that can get announced and you just be, like, your night's just ruined? <laughs> I mean, I think I'd be pretty bummed if uh, if All Quiet on the Western Front won, to be honest. You'd be bored. Be like, what would piss you off? Piss me off? Ooh, ooh. Elvis? Elvis? Honestly, I think I'd be <laughs> pissed off if Elvis won Best Picture. Oh, like, this is the delay Don't get win. me wrong. <laughs> it, it'd be better than a Bohemian Rhapsody win because at least there's some interesting filmmaking going on. But come on, come on. That'd be crazy. no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna Fableman. Anything, for me. anything that would actually piss you off with the Oscars? Piss me off. Jimmy Kimmel announcing it? Like, I don't, no, not really. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess my only thing would be whatever wins, deserving it, but then getting overshadowed by whatever else. It's to me, it's not so much the win as much as the the the, the uh, repercussions afterwards. I guess, but yeah. yeah, and it's like you talked about. We we want the awards to spread the love around because, like, we both really loved everything, everything, or everything, everywhere, all at once. We also both really loved the Fablemans, and we both really loved Tar. I at least really loved Banshees. I know you you liked it too. Like, there's so many good movies that came out last year. I thought it was one of the best movie years that we've had in a while. And I think the crop yeah. of movies 
that got recognized by the Oscar nominations as also one of the best crops we've had in a while. And it would just kind of suck if to, to wake up on March 13th and have everything, All everything quiet. Are, uh, uh, wins every award. <laughs> it would be awesome. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it is a better lineup than last year, so shout out to yeah. everyone who put this year together and everyone who made movies last year. If you made a movie last year, congratulations. We loved it. Right? We supported it. Uh, probably covered it here on Intercut, but I'm excited. We're wrapping up 2022 with what's going to be a very exciting Oscars. A lot of eyes on it, yeah. especially because of last year. So anything else you're excited about? We haven't had a chance. Yeah, I was going to ask because we haven't really had a chance to talk about the Indie Spirits or the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Um, were there any highlights you had watching those award shows? Like, I thought the Screen Actors Guild actually really went smoothly, you know, commercial-free because it's on uh, Netflix, on YouTube. They let the speeches run. They let people curse. It was kind of like a, a loose, fun vibe similar to the Golden Globes. I thought it was it was excellent. Like, even the times that they had, like, more comedic bits really worked for me as opposed to whatever Hassan Minaj was trying to do at the Indie Spirit Awards. He, uh, Hassan was... He, I had heard about it, then I saw it, and I wish I had never seen it. That hurt so bad to watch, uh, because I, I'm a fan of hosting. Like, I, I see the art in hosting. So yeah. I, And it we was like Hassan's material normally. We're about to watch him at South By. He's going to be in a movie called Mustache. But we're not doing YouTube thumbnails at South by Sir. Um, yeah, I, 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 Kate I like Blanchett actually this. did him a huge favor in saving yeah, that bit because, like, it actually ended up being kind of funny because she bailed on it. Marissa Tomei, though, that's what locked it in as like, all right, <laughs> yeah. this, that was a solidified. None of them. Like, that was the union of actors speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, nah, the SAG Awards, the way that they streamed it, better than what they were streaming on Netflix. I worry that the shift over to Netflix, seeing how they just did a stream, uh, it's going to hurt it. I right. think they need to keep it on YouTube. I think there's a lot more love going on there. And comparing it to the Golden Globes is a really great way to put it because if you can get more traction and more accessibility for people to watch the show, you can become the next award show. We, we titled this whole section The Road to the Oscars. Well, what is that one that, that precedes it? Uh, weren't the Indie mm -hmm. Spirit Awards the ones who wanted to be slick and try to do it the Saturday before? What happened? I, I don't know why they moved off of that. And, and that was great branding, in my opinion. And now it was the, they surprised me when they come up a week early. I will say this year has been the most interesting awards run because of all the memes that have come out of it. From uh, mm. Angela Bassett doing the thing to uh, the Golden Globes pianist being told to shut up by Michelle Yeoh or show, they'll get beat up. There, there was just so many moments uh, in this award season that I think it's it's been the funnest. Uh, many times we just hear reports, yeah. but, there, but there's never really clips. They have learned. Put some images out there and people will get the word mm -hmm. of mouth, not just for the award ceremonies that need it, but it's been really great traction uh, uh, for the campaigns. So I'm curious to see how they continue to develop it. Uh, stop making it difficult for people to watch these things. And who knows? Maybe yeah. you won't be canceled as an award show. You'll have a good future. You had any uh, Absolutely. Well, so I, th I like you, like we were saying, I like the Screen Actors Guild. It's also like, I think that they, they, the Screen Actors Guild is good because they do this thing where everybody's really celebrating acting, right? They do that bit like, I am an actor. And it's, they recognize that at a show that awards the best 
in movies and TV. We should be excited about movies and TV. That's where I think Hassan went wrong at the Indie Spirits because Indie Spirits aren't the awards where you're supposed to make fun of Hollywood for being full of itself. Indie Spirits are the awards where you you embrace that these are the scrappy underdogs. These are the movies yeah. that uh, fight for recognition amongst a slate of bigger uh, blockbusters out there. Like you can do that like... Uh, this is all stupid thing at the Golden Globes. You can maybe even get away with it at the Oscars, but like you got to know what show you're hosting. And that's my hope also going into the Oscars is that yeah. Kimmel recognized that, recognizes that like the people tuning in like the movies. We want to see them be celebrated. Don't, don't under like undercut the films. Don't diminish them. I, I, I find what's special about them and find ways to make them funny uh, because of that, don't just like make fun of us for even caring. I agree. Um, I don't think Jimmy Kimmel will have it in there, but I will tell you, there's still yeah. one award ceremony that I'm looking forward to, and that is the Intercut Awards, which is going to be coming out yeah. on South by right before the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, all of our intercuties out intercuties. there, we get a bunch of messages from y'all. We have done some posts in the past, but if you let us know down below what your favorite movies were for the week, for the week, for the year, uh, in 2022, yeah. that's something that we definitely want to add as a part of the ceremony. Uh, we'll probably link down last year's. Uh, it, Personally, we do our top 10 list. Those are some of our, our best performing videos. But the Intercut Awards, my favorite video that we make. We get into yeah. our favorite acting. Like what you just said about a host really caring about the movies, that is when us as hosts really care about the movies. Like it's more than our top yeah. 10. It's our top 10 plus everything else. So I, I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. getting that ceremony ready right before the Oscars, talking about what our favorites Last were, and y'all letting us know your favorites too. Exactly. Last year, we even featured some clips for some, from some inner cuties. So if people Ooh. wanted to send clips that were 30 seconds or less, just talking about your favorite aspect of a movie, not like your favorite film, but who was your favorite actor in a film last year? Who, what film had your favorite cinematography last year? And if you can send a 30 second or less clip to intercutpod at gmail.com. We might even feature it during our ceremony. So just a little shout out for the inner cuties. If you want to help like us that, put together our next video, uh, that one's yep. probably coming later this week. So get on that. Mm -hmm. So we'll post up something on social. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, just a reminder to where to send that in. Because, um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting week that we have, bro. Another film festival, another ceremony, yeah. finales, so much more to come in to the point that everything's on the horizon. Our picks for the week are really just Creed <laughs> at this point. Uh, yep. There's not really much else that had come out. I guess there's like an RRR fan celebration that people could have done at some point. Uh, but other than that, like Creed, go watch Creed. Yeah, Poker Face ending this poker week. Face. We'll, uh, we'll probably do a longer video on Poker Face at some point. Oh, we'll have to because it's been one of the best. But uh, other yeah. than that, any wrap-ups on the Oscars before we talk about where they can find you, Zach? Uh, no, I'm just excited for it. And we might be live streaming after the Oscars. So pay attention yes, to sir. Intercut Socials and we'll, we'll update on whether or not we got that live stream going. We, we're probably doing something because that's the night of the Oscars. It's the night of the Last of Us finale. We're going to have to check in in some way because we're going to be at South by Southwest. Just yeah. keep it locked to Intercut Pod on, on YouTube, on your favorite podcatcher. And uh, we'll be back with some content soon. Mm -hmm. So if you need to find out, you can just head on over to what, Zach? Uh, Intercut Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, or yeah, just follow the pod, uh, the pod on whatever your favorite podcatcher is. 
You can catch the live videos here on YouTube.com where we go through all of the weekend must-watch every week. We're going to have all of our South by coverage. If you're heading over to Austin, we have an entire preview to let you know everything that you need to be uh, on the radar for. A big shout-out to all the inner cuties who listen live, all of the patrons, all of the iTunes yeah. listeners who leave us that beautiful five-star review. Don't forget to leave us a comment, drop a like, follow all the socials like Zach said at Intercut Pod, and until next time, keep watching movies, and we'll send you some gloves. Take care.